Hello. Hello. <sighs> Uh-oh. Is that a good sigh, a bad sigh? Uh, it's warm sigh. Uh, it's cold sigh. Cold sigh. Cold sigh. Thank you. Like something. All of them except for the cold one. It's not cold. <laughs> it's quite warm. Yeah, it's rather rather warm outside, mm-hmm. so yeah, figured. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's both a happy and a wait sad or is, is sad is sad the appropriate tired is tired, tired. sad yeah. sad sad and tired monday tired uh it's a monday sigh anyway uh but it's a it's a the happy sigh it's also because it's the relief uh that i can talk to you so oh you know yeah it's a lasagna sigh <laughs> Uh, hate, hate Mondays, but love size. Um, but <laughs> size, size queen. But anyway, so Micah, how are you? Well, better now that, now that we're chatting and, uh, that, yeah, that that happened. Um, doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah. It's, uh, another day, another dollar, as they say. Um, my, Boss is on vacation, and my one of my colleagues is on vacation, so I'm definitely sighing as this is going to be the the week from hell as I <laughs> fill in on a bunch of uh, shows and uh, in both I almost said anchoring, but that's what I used to do and hosting and um, producing other things. So yeah. Uh, well- with the level I'm, of production, it is almost like you are you are sort of a, a news anchor in some of these shows, uh, even though you are the host. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's true. So I'm just kind of gearing up for the week. Um, I'm happy I don't work on Mondays um, so that my lasagna sigh, uh, you know, it can I guess it can last a lot longer uh, mm-hmm. as, as Monday rolls through. But um yeah. Yeah. I don't oh. know. Other than that, I'm doing okay. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh if you if you were so busy this week, you could have taken the whole Monday and not not talk to me. Oh, um, no. Yeah. It's okay. That that's okay. This is that's a, a good thing about this is that it's um it, it doesn't it doesn't require the well, first of all, it doesn't require video. Yeah. And secondly, um we can just talk about what we want to talk about and uh you know, it's 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 a lot less pressure um, <laughs> than than other things. So yeah, no, it's 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 fan, it's fan. Mm-hmm. Um, were you you sent me a photo recently? Was this in your area, or were you are you somewhere else right now? Oh, or were you somewhere else? Do you mean the pig statue I sent you? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, no that that is that is local to uh to us. We local pig. Yeah, local pig. Uh, we we went to a uh, a Taiwanese restaurant that is in Temple City, which is uh, about twenty minutes from us. And uh, we were waiting to go indoors uh, because they had not opened yet. And uh, I just uh, was admiring this weird uh, chef cartoon pig statue thing uh, with a. You know, I think I think I'm allowed to say limp wrists. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was just sort of a, a funny pig. Uh, but but yeah, the 
It was a, a, a local area. Although I was recently in Hawaii, so that was that was not local. Uh, but no, no, no pig statues uh, to take photos of there. That's too bad. So mm-hmm. yeah, you, wait. You said Hawaii. Um, that's where, that's where my boss is now. Mm. I've never, I've never been to Hawaii. But what's interesting is that folks that folks whose tastes align with mine in many ways. So I've had like, let's say it's like, I don't know, five to two. But the two people who went whose tastes align with mine um, did not like Hawaii because of its humidity and sort of oppressive um, weather. And uh, that, that that's what I mean in terms of it aligns with mine. Even though I've heard more people say that they really love the place, I think that I would fall into the category of folks who didn't, who wouldn't really care for it because it would just be so, so hot and humid and sweaty and over moist. And it just sounds like Florida. Sorry. Well, uh, I don't, I don't know why you're apologizing about Florida, but uh, I think that is kind of uh, not accurate about why uh, there are uh, because it's an island chain that is very mountainous, uh, there are uh, microclimates, as you are used to now from the uh. Bay Area. Uh, so there are parts of the... Uh, there From island to island, it varies. And also from the leeward and the windward side of the island, uh, because it's heavily influenced by the trade winds. So the weather when we were there was quite pleasant around certain areas. But as you drove around the island to do various things, the weather could change drastically. You could get rain on one side of the island that you don't get on the other side of the island at all because it hits the big mountains in the middle. Um, so it can be dry and desert-like in some parts, uh, especially when we've gone to the the big island, uh, the island of Hawaii. Uh, that one has a big deserty patch uh, where it is dry, extremely dry. Uh, but there are other spots on that same island where you're going to go and it rains all the time uh so it's a a very different situation depending on where you wind up going and it is the kind of thing where you are better off for better off looking into exactly what it is you would like to do and where you would like to stay and very 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 carefully planning that all out before you go because if you just show up on the island and you're like i'm ready to do whatever uh, then you're kind of screwed because you don't know where you're going to be going, what the climate of that particular area is going to be like, or what amenities or services or anything are going to be there. Because not all of Hawaii is developed, so you could drive for a while and be like, you know, I have to go to the bathroom, and there's no nowhere to go uh, to the bathroom, or I have to, uh, I'm hungry and I want to eat something, and then it's like, oh, there's no food here uh but you know then you go to other places and it's like well there's all these restaurants and i don't know which one to pick and none of them have reservations open and everything's crazy Uh, like when we went to honolulu um so you know it it just can it can vary a lot and also like honolulu and waikiki beach is incredibly heavily developed and crowded uh whereas other parts of that same island or other islands in the chain are not populated or uh, uh, full of tourists to the same degree, um, so it, it can it can really fluctuate. 
uh, if you if you don't carefully plan out what you're doing. Okay, so that makes that's that makes sense. So it just it sounds like the people who talked about this weren't aware of the fact that um, it just so happened to be the places they went, and that you can find places that are not as oppressive. Now yeah. it's just like if I go, I just have to avoid those places that would be too um, dense for me. Yeah, well, and also, like I said, everybody. Like, if you talk to anybody who goes to Hawaii, and even the ones who like Hawaii, they'll have, like, oh, I like this island better, or I like staying at this resort, or whatever. Like, they'll have preferences. Um, so, for example, I know that uh, Jason Snell right now is in Maui, um, and uh, Maui was not my favorite island of the ones that I've gone to, um, but, uh, you know, a lot of people really like it. So, it can it can, it can be the thing for, for some people. Um it it just uh, all depends on personal tastes and preferences and uh, what it is you're really hoping to get out of your vacation. If you want to like hike and sweat it out, or if you want to go to the beach and, you know, burn or somewhat drown or like crash against some rocks or something, then, you know, you can have a different experience uh, on the various things. We've got it all here on the islands, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> including... A horrible death crashing onto the rocks of Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, we went to one shop to uh, get snorkels, and the guy's like, "Oh, I wouldn't go out." <laughs> and he's, and uh, the other guy's like, "Oh, what about that one beach?" And the guy's like, "No, there's a guy who uh, jumped off the rocks there and died, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't go over there right now." And I was just like, "Wow, huh? No, no, thank you. No, I don't want nature. Uh, I want pools. I don't want nature." I'm glad that they were honest and didn't want to just sell you snorkel stuff. Yeah, I was actually surprised uh, because usually I was I would have expected that they would have been like, oh, yeah, the weather, uh, the because, uh, you know, they can have riptides and all that other stuff. Like it, it, it's you on an island in the middle of the Pacific. Like it's not <laughs> it's not surrounded by tiny barrier islands or anything else to sort of mitigate the the uh, uh, the tides or um anything about the water itself but uh yeah you know i i just uh was thankful that they didn't you know make us go out uh or uh, sorry they wouldn't have made us go out i am thankful that they gave to go out yeah i thankful that they gave me an excuse so that jason wouldn't drag me out (laughs) because i didn't want to go snorkeling (laughs) yeah that's good yeah you had a safety (laughs) excuse Mm -hmm. uh to get out of what could have very well been a very dangerous situation. Yeah, but I mean, it's also beautiful. Like, I think it's just a, a lovely island, uh, a li- lovely chain of islands. Um, I have not been to all of them. I've been to Kauai, uh, Oahu, where Honolulu and Waikiki is, and uh, uh, Maui, and the Big Island. And I haven't been to Molokai or Lanai, the smaller islands next to Maui. Um, although there are like ferry boats and stuff you could take to go to them. So I just kind of want to do it so I can cross those off the list, but, uh, mm-hmm. but I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't done those. Hmm. Have you been to Alaska? No, no, I don't really want to go to Alaska at all. Do you want to go to Alaska? <laughs> yes, very much. Cause it's cold. Well, because it's cold, but also because the wildlife there and the views are things that are. I mean, like everything else, <laughs> I mean, Hawaii included, everything is going to be disappearing. Um, Alaska's own sort of land, as it 
goes away due to melting. Um, I guess that could also mean that Hawaii could disappear because of melting too. So it's one of those like, it feels like a time frame issue and I really want to see it um, before I go there and like the polar bears are all dead. Mm. Well, I, I don't know if there are polar bears in Alaska, if that's far enough north or not, but or is, is I, and I don't know, polar bears, are those just south pole? I don't know. No. But whatever creatures are there. <laughs> polar bears are, are north pole, but I'm not sure there are polar bears that you're going to run across in Alaska. I think that's mainly like, uh, I think that's mainly caribou. Well, no, I think the polar bears are more over on, uh, I, why am I blanking on it? Uh, it, it, it's like Winnipeg area, I want to say, and like that part oh, and like Canadian. towards Greenland. I like, I think you're going to see like, <sighs> and there's also like a difference in terms of the islands and stuff like along the edges of Alaska to the south versus, um, you know, going like up to the, the like mountainy areas. Like you're going to, obviously it's different ecologies and stuff of what you would right, see. Right, right. Um, and you know, there are those people who like to go on those, uh, those tours where you can see like whales breaching, um, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and there's, you know, a lot of wildlife to see. I encourage you to go, um, while you're living on this coast, uh, it makes the most sense to do Hawaii and Alaska because it's going to be easier than if you're, if you ever move, uh, somewhere more central or back to the, or to the East coast or something, then you know, you're going to be faced with an enormous flight and you know what to do it. That's, yeah, that's a really good point. Now's the time while you're, while we're closer to all of that action. Yeah. Also, one of the things that I found more, uh, that I found attractive about Hawaii um, was the very strict COVID precautions that uh, have been taken. Um, Governor Ige uh, of Hawaii had this whole thing where they weren't even accepting proof of vaccination on the mainland um, for uh, a, a pass to skip quarantine. Um, you had to have a negative COVID test. So we went and did all that. So we had a negative COVID test before we went and they have a uh, documentation and uh, a whole like form processing checkout thing of like, they, they really are tracking um, people that are coming in and out of places. Uh, mm. And almost all of the re- sit-down restaurants that we went to, they would give you a little piece of paper where they would ask for the number of people in your party and the contact information um, be- as required uh, so that they could you could be reached if there was a COVID exposure or something at the place. Oh, wow. At. That's cool. Yeah. So, like, that I found very heartening um, because there are not that many precautions being taken anywhere else really like right uh i mean we talked about florida it's just like you know wild west or wild southeast but uh over here in california like there really aren't even that there's not that strict level of protection either um right there are rising cases because there are still a lot of people who who elected not to get vaccinated uh and so you know, even our liberal, liberal uh, California bastion, um, you can wind up in a, in a, a less desirable situation than you might want without even having to travel. Yep. It's, um, it's, it's kind of 
it's interesting seeing how uh, different places are handling it and uh, not handling it and how um, it was, there was a level of, with that, with the recall uh, issue coming up, it's not a surprise to me that um, they were pushing to get California, quote unquote, reopened as quickly as they possibly could so that Mm. that wasn't one of the points to be made in this, you know, recall argument. And uh, I just, yeah, there are still a lot of people who are not um, ready for the reopening to happen, uh, whether that was their choice or whether there were reasons why they could not get vaccinated. And all of that comes together. And it's like, I feel, you know, of course I feel good being vaccinated and having all that out of the way. But at the same time, I feel for the folks who can't for whatever reason and also um, just for any impact that might take place due to the fact that, you know, we didn't kind of because I think there's a level of pressure that gets that that was on and a level of kind of being reminded every single day uh, when things are more locked down that you, you know, should get vaccinated, should get vaccinated. But when things open back up and things start to seem to return to normal, then you have to almost wait for for the people who are hesitant. You almost have to wait for them to be impacted by the virus in order to, um, you know, have that moment of, oh, wow, I should actually do this. And that's kind of a bummer, especially with this, uh, what is it, Delta variant or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I... Unfortunately, I believe we have uh, exhausted the amount of <sighs> rationalizing and reasoning that c- can realistically be done with some people uh, in mm-hmm. regards to this. And I don't, I, I don't have a lot of hope that uh, anything will really steer them in the other direction, other than either direct personal experience, which even in some cases, uh, people are. Uh, looking past as like a random fluke or something or it won't happen to me um we we have engineered a situation where people can feel like it it is a thing that happens elsewhere not to them or people like them or that they are strong like bull or whatever and they can uh endure whatever it is as opposed to a vaccine that would make them sick or you know you know that isn't uh that only has preliminary approval and isn't like really well tested yet and they're just trying to get in your veins um and microchips and 5g and whatever but like people are are just not really understanding that it would be incredibly good for them uh if they were to pursue that path of being vaccinated uh especially for the people who can't uh and i know it's a vanishing vanishingly small number of people who can't in terms of the adult population, but we still have an enormous population of children that can't. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's worth considering, you know, think of the children uh, in terms of, in terms of that. But yeah, I I don't, I don't, I don't have any amazing answers. And uh, I don't think that um, there is uh, one right personal choice for people to be doing right now in terms of their day-to-day activities um because you can't real it doesn't realistically make sense for everyone to stay home 
inside of their houses like we had been doing. But at the same time, the, you should still be taking some precautions uh, because of possibility of breakthrough infection or uh, that, you know, there is some element of like your actions encourage someone else to be less cautious, uh, perhaps. Um, but, uh, you know, people try to use your brains. Um, get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated. Uh, and you can be. Do it. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I would assume that everybody who's listening to this doesn't need to hear that. Yeah, I have a feeling uh, that's the case. Um, so then I'm curious and uh, sort of a strange segue. Um, what about uh, what about betas? Are you running any of the public betas of uh, iOS, iPadOS, tvOS, watchOS, etc.? Uh. No, I, I usually run the tvOS beta, um, but I forgot to toggle it back on because I think they reset it every so often because um, mm. it didn't seem to have downloaded the latest tvOS beta uh, for this new batch. Uh, at least I didn't get the startup screen that would have communicated that to me. But the that's the only one that I ever really run the beta for because it doesn't matter if it eats my TV, uh, Apple TV uh <laughs> preferences or whatever like the the phone uh betas i never run and the watch betas i never run ipad betas oh no because then i'd have to charge the ipad oh (laughs) why why charge it just to run the beta okay well that makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah i was just curious of course i'm running uh, many a beta. I didn't run the first beta of watchOS because I don't want to brick my watch because um, then you have to send it in. That's the only way to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Everything else is fixable on your own um, if you run into an issue. But, uh, you know, of course, requires all that extra work to, to fix it. So I totally understand why one would not want to. Um, but I, you know, there have been a few folks that I've talked to who've uh, tried out the public beta of these different things and have been trying out some of the new features. So I was curious if you fell into that group. Um, I think you would notice if the tvOS, if the new tvOS beta was installed because the menu that slides in from the right side of the screen um, has a share play button now. Mm. Uh, and it's like pretty prominent. That's like, oh, there's a new, there's a new option here that wasn't there before. Um other than that, though, I don't think you would be able to tell, really. So uh, that that's kind of the one telltale feature, because I had that same thing. Did that install, or am I going to have to go through the whole dance of getting it to install? And it was funny, because I started to go through the whole dance of getting it to install, and then I uh, you know, right-clicked and chose about or whatever it was, and then I saw, oh, no, wait, it is running the beta already. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a, I didn't even know that that had happened. Um but I was having some issues with my uh, audio streaming. Um, I, I have it set up to where my uh, HomePod is the output for whatever is playing on the Apple TV. And I have talked before on a lot of shows how that's been rock solid. And it's been really incredible, actually, how well it works, uh, given the history. And uh, for the first time in forever, there were a few times where it would drop out of sync. And so I was 
you know, trying to troubleshoot what was going on. He's like, no, this has been working so solidly. Uh, and then it turned out, oh, it installed the beta and I forgot to not have the beta installed. So that was what was causing it. Um, but yeah, it's all of them are, are really interesting. I haven't gotten a chance to try all of the features yet, especially share play. Um, I think for me, I'm still kind of in my little bubble and I do enough uh, talking with other folks during podcasts and stuff. So I haven't really had the desire to uh, turn on that share play uh, feature and give that a go and, you know, have to do a weird social dance with someone as we work out uh, how it works or doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, But outside of that, most of the other features I've tried um, and some of them are really interesting. Uh, some of them are really solid. Some of them are clearly in early days. iCloud Private Relay, which is uh, a feature that it's sort of a VPN, sort of a Tor browser. Um, it, for folks who don't know, it uh, attempts to, or I shouldn't say it attempts, like it's designed to help you obscure your online browsing activity. Um, through different means. And in this case, it's uh, sort of bouncing your access around on different relays so that it's all very randomized. And um, if people are curious about this, Rene Ritchie put together a fantastic video on his channel, youtube.com slash Rene Ritchie, where he explains how it works because there are several um, encrypted randomizing steps that take place where like it gets sent to an Apple server and it's encrypted at that point and Apple doesn't have the key. And then uh, from there, it goes to another server. It's like a third party one. And uh, at that point, it's randomized again. So the IP is different. So it's like, it's more than one jump, which VPNs are typically just the one jump. Um, to to randomize and in the whole process there's uh encrypted randomization that that kind of blocks uh anybody from knowing what it is that you're visiting or connecting it to you so a pretty cool feature but in beta um it has slowdowns for sure and so i enabled it uh and used it but i noticed slowdowns um in different situations and so I had to turn it off because I can't do that with what I do for a living and I can't and I don't want to do that for what I don't do for a living in browsing the web um but I'm hopeful for it because when it and I should be clear like most of the time it was working it was just there would come a time where things would slow down and if I turned off iCloud private relay then it was working better so I knew that that was the cause or at least part of the cause um but I'm hopeful as they ramp it up and, uh, you know, get it working as it should, that it will be what I expect it to be uh, in terms of of that solid connection that, that one wants. Because otherwise, it won't be a feature that I use uh, simply due to the fact that it's um, it takes too long to do all of the the, the jumping around. And um, my my VPN of choice, ExpressVPN. Uh, super solid connection that I uh, have always been able to rely on. And, you know, you don't see that huge drop that you see sometimes with VPN clients. Yeah, I would hope that it's a 
just an issue of scaling up because like you said, there is that local component with third parties. Um, and I wonder if it will also vary for people depending on the area that they're in for a while, because mm -hmm. it doesn't direct, it doesn't, um, one of the features of this is that it has your general location, but not your specific location. Um, so that way you can still get stuff that's relevant to the like city you live in or something like that, as opposed to, um, you know, routing all traffic through Cupertino. And then all you see are like ads for like Bay area companies or something like that. Um, which, or, uh, or you'll see like recommendations or something for restaurants or things like that, that things that would be helpful to have location based would be routed wrong. Um, so there is a local like node or whatever it is that, uh, I don't know how many of them they have in certain areas and, you know, what congestion and traffic will be like for those. Uh, and uh, like you said, Apple, Apple itself is not rock solid when it comes to managing um, the, the massive burden of the internet uh, hitting their servers all at the same time. So I don't, I'm curious to see how they manage to distribute that evenly. Um, like today, I think there was even like a, an iCloud email service problem. Um, so who knows? Who knows what flukes will happen, especially since this feature's never existed before and, and there really hasn't been anything exactly like this. Uh, like you said, it's not like a VPN exactly. Um, and uh, it, the, there's going to certainly be some bumps in the road. But I am optimistic about it. I'm. It's one of the things I am looking forward to. Uh, I don't... I don't browse for a lot of stuff that I feel like I need to um, really cautiously obscure uh, through other means or anything, but I would just like the sort of gentle obscurity <laughs> that, was, yeah. that is offered. Uh, Especially because this is the, uh, in fact, advertisers are already getting worried that it's going to reduce uh, uh, fingerprinting, which is exactly what I want it to do mm -hmm. like, in this way. I want it on for all of my family so that they're no longer worried that their apps are listening to them because that's the biggest thing is like it will uh, make it so that when I go to a friend's house and connect to their Wi-Fi, I don't suddenly start getting ads for things that we talked about because they were looking them up online, you know, before and brought them up in conversation. And then I'm led to believe without the knowledge of of how these things work that the reason why that's happening is because Instagram is listening in on our conversations or what have you. So um, it, this is, you know, it, it's another form of uh, tracking um, protection for for advertising fingerprinting that's taking place and sort of fighting back against the data brokers. And I I think that's fantastic. And you know, the the most egregious place I've seen it, um, because I have ad blocking technology at the router level and I have um, uh, other content blockers. And so the only place that I really see ads uh, is when I occasionally open the Tumblr app. And in doing so, uh, there are like hyper local ads where the ads are rewritten based on where you are. And I know that because uh, a couple of times it didn't work. And so it'd be like, um, uh, this, this man from interlocation here, it just saved this amount of money due to local laws. And then other times would be this man from Petaluma saved money 
uh, due to local laws. And it's very clearly that, you know, they're super hyper targeted. Um, what are they using now? Taboola? Like they, they've fallen from it, grace. Right? Terrible. <laughs> uh, but I love to have it. Um, I'd love to have it, you know, not be able to even gr- uh, get that information about me. And that's totally what this tool is for. Yeah, I, but except, isn't there, uh, my understanding of it anyway, you, you, you please correct me, uh, is that there, uh, there are different rules for it being applied in mobile Safari versus the actual apps themselves, um, that it's only under certain conditions that it's actually using the iCloud private relay. Um, it's... So I, it's my understanding that that is not the case because it does it at the Wi-Fi. Uh, it, it like it's a Wi-Fi setting and a cellular setting mm-hmm. uh, versus being a Safari content blocker. Um, and again, I'm not 100%. It could be that whenever you're in mobile Safari, it can ramp up things even more. But that's not my understanding of it. Instead of like that's that's why they created this versus some of the tools that they've created so far um, where it makes an adjustment to the way that you're browsing the internet uh, or connecting to the internet versus a way that you are, um, you know, using Safari to go to these things. Uh, So you actually, when you use it, you have to go into Wi-Fi and turn off iCloud Private Relay. And on your cellular, you have to turn it off if you have it on. Uh, and each of those are different settings. So you could have it turned on. And in uh, part of the marketing for iCloud Private Relay, they say, um, they, they purposely point out, or they specifically point out like obscure things from your cellular carrier as well. And I feel like that wouldn't be as, they wouldn't be pointing that out um, if it was just like in Safari, obscure things from your uh, cellular carrier. So I would I would want to get confirmation on that in the end, but just solely based on where it is placed um, and kind of what the feature is making adjustments to, uh, I believe that it's more than just Safari. And I can also base that on the fact that OneBlocker, um, which is an app that lets you, that's a content blocker for uh, Safari, they released a tool recently that they... Um, that works at the phone level as opposed to at the Safari level that will actually block uh, apps from connecting to different uh, metadata servers online. Hmm. And so it's, it's clear that that's like, that's a capability that you can do. Um, And it's my understanding that that's what iCloud private relay is meant to do is take things uh, further than just keeping you safe in Safari. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, just out of curiosity, have you ever messed around with uh, setting up a pie hole? I have, yes. Uh, I actually ordered a um, Raspberry Pi specifically for that purpose a while back and uh, was using that for a while. But the, for me, the configurations and mm-hmm. all that stuff, it was just it was a lot to take on when my router does uh, some of that stuff already. I know. Yeah. Uh, I, se- several people that we correspond with, uh, they they have pie holes. Uh, but I just don't want to be like a Unix administrator in my personal right. life. <sighs> it just depresses me to think about like doing that much stuff. It's just like, can I, yeah, if, it's if it was like a little box that I just like plugged in or something and turned on. 
like the switch. Yeah, the I think you switch. could plug it in between the the router and your modem or something. Um, versus, essentially, you have to uh, get it all set up, and then you have to uh, go into your router and change the DNS to um, to to match with your Pi hole, and occasionally. Uh, or, or the problem is that like devices that then connect to your router, they don't immediately switch to a new DNS. It takes it takes time for them to um, sort of refresh the lease with the router. And so for a while, you know, nothing's working. Um, and then you can sort of manually set it up if you want to with all of those devices. But that takes time. And then there are better ways to do it and, and worse ways to do it. But the biggest struggle for me was that it's not just blocking bad things at all times sometimes it blocks things that you do want and there was some stuff about like um it like i have a lot of of um devices that connect to each other on the local area network uh through HomeKit and through all of those means and i've got a network attached storage device and if you block the wrong things then suddenly you can't communicate with any of those devices and when you're outside of the home and you try to communicate with them, then that can also cause issues. So it was just, it was way too much to take on when I only have a base understanding of um, router networking stuff. So I ended up having to just uh, not do that. And I just stuck with um, the the filtering that my router provides because I just couldn't, I, I could if I, like as you said, sat there and did the research and looked all over the internet and read all of the feedback and probably had to ask some questions too and then finally get to what I wanted. But for me, that was just, it was too much work for the mm -hmm. uh, quote unquote reward. So yeah, no pie hole for me. Yeah, that's a shame. Because <sighs> I, I know we've lamented this in the past, but I, I miss uh, Apple making a, an airport uh, router. Uh, just because it would be the kind of thing that would be nice if they just put it in there, and then oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't have to. Nobody had to worry about these sorts of things. But you know, they didn't want to do that, so whatever. But uh, Euro um has all kinds of things that I'm not even sure if I'm using correctly. So that's good. Um, but, yeah, uh, I've got yeah. that's that's the one that I was talking about that I have turned on. Um, is is all of the the Euro stuff and um. I certainly see far fewer ads, uh, so I'm happy about that. And they just added a DDNS, uh, dynamic DNS feature, so that you can connect to some stuff in your home while you're outside of it uh, much easier without having to set up a third-party DDNS um, service. And I re I was pretty pumped about that. I, it's very rare that I need to do that, but uh, the fact that it can do that um, just brings it in line with some of these less consumer friendly but more uh professional user uh type networking uh items so i was i was proud of them and happy that they did that so do you use the the home kit integration with euro uh on your home network and does it uh impact any of your non home kit devices operating on your network if you do uh, I do, and it does not. Um, okay. It only impacts the HomeKit-enabled devices. And um, what for, for folks who are wondering what Joe's talking about, uh, there, a while back, Apple released this uh, tool along with like a HomeKit update where it could 
work with certain routers that enable the feature to essentially kind of firewall off all of the HomeKit enabled devices in your home and make it so that they are only taking connections that you choose to let them take. Um, the different manufacturers will register with Apple the sources that it needs to connect to for uh, functionality and then give you a list within the app to tell you this is what we connect to and why. And uh, then you can set it to allow those connections, allow any connections, which is how it would have been working before. Or you can actually tell it, I don't want it to have any connections at all. Um, I will just do sir. I will do firmware updates, you know, manually by turning this uh, feature back to some or whatever the you know the basic setting is when I want to. But for the most part, I only want these devices to be able to communicate locally with one another. Um, and yeah, it does not. It, it like it can only affect ones that are registered within home within the HomeKit framework. So it won't um, it won't affect ones that are not. That said, it will affect third-party features of the ones that are registered with HomeKit. So if, you know, you've got a, a Philips Hue uh, setup and you turn this on and then you turn off allowing um, connections outside of the home, then any of the features that are Philips Hue features specifically that you've set up in the Philips Hue app or that you have um, set up with like uh, other devices, so the Echo, for example, um, those are, and this, the problem is that there are specific cases where those would still work. If it's, uh, if you've got the right echo that has the, um, Zigbee hub inside of it, then those would still work. But in terms of outside of the home network connection communication, that's going to, you know, mess those up. But if you've got a, if you've got smart home devices that do not work with HomeKit, they're not HomeKit enabled they aren't connected with the HomeKit framework and you turn this feature on, it's not going to affect those at all because it doesn't know that they exist. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that information. Uh, yeah, I mean, home networking, despite using Eero products, is still, you know, it's a lot of stuff. <sighs> but with your other betas that you're running, um, is there anything that you're particularly just about that is not networking? <laughs> um, you know, let me actually, I'm going to pull up, uh, Apple's site and, uh, sort of refresh myself on what's actually new versus, you know what I mean? What's, uh, already available because that does play a role. Uh, sometimes you just like, you get used to things. And so you think mm -hmm. that they're just part of what's, uh, what's already there. Um, Again, I haven't really used any of the FaceTime stuff, so we'll have to skip that. Um, oh, and actually, surprisingly, one of the the my favorite things is uh, in messages. It used to be when you sent um, a series of photos, you would um, it would just show up in this long line of photos that would take up the whole uh, message transcript. And now they've got this like gallery view or slideshow view almost, where you can see these photos in a stack. And so it doesn't take up as much space. And as simple a change as that is, it's actually quite nice to be able to see all the photos uh, that you want to see. And uh, it also makes it easier, instead of having to like tap and then tap and hold, or tap and then tap the share sheet and choose save, uh, they include a save button right next to 
the photos that you have and messages. And it's often that I do want to save the photos that I get sent because it's usually my uh, mom sending photos of her granddaughter, my niece, uh, to me. And I'm like, boop, 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 save, save, save. Much mm-hmm. easier to do. Um, the the focus stuff, the <clears throat> uh, do not disturb stuff, honestly, for me, that it requires a lot of setup to, you know, get it just how you want it. Uh, because it, like it's a very powerful tool and the whole idea is that you can set it so that some things you can focus on uh, some things will pull through your notification settings other things will not you can have it so that on the iPad like certain home screens show when you've got focus turned on and other home screens are hidden and there's all this stuff but that's so fiddly and so I just keep using do not disturb yeah. <laughs> alone even though it's uh uh, you know, encouraging you to to try all these different things uh, with focus. So focus, I don't have enough of that, I guess. Enough focus <laughs> to want to set that up. Um, oh, notifications. I did have the, because they have this new notification summary feature um, where you can set it so that you have morning notifications and evening notifications for apps where you don't really want those things right away. I tried that for a little while, and then I realized that I didn't want that either. It, um, for me, it was just kind of confusing, uh, separating what was going to be a morning summary versus what I was getting right in the moment versus what I was getting later. And again, a little fiddly. You got to go in and choose which apps you want to be immediate versus summarized. Uh, so not necessarily for me. Um. Safari right now, the weird bar at the bottom, I'm getting used to muscle memory wise, uh, but it's still confusing. Uh, And I do like swiping between tabs. That's a lot easier. Uh, You sort of put your thumb on the bar at the bottom and swipe left or right and it'll swipe between tabs. That part I enjoy. Um, I think that's so much smarter. And in theory, this makes a lot of sense too, because your thumb can reach that bar a lot easier than when it's at the top. But as people have pointed out, uh, some sites and uh, web apps are designed with the thought that the bar is at the top mm-hmm. versus at the bottom. And so it does make it difficult to uh, use those and um, get into uh, what you're doing. And then pull to refresh is just strange. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, struggling with, remembering that that's there i uh good i really just philosophically have a lot of disagreements with the design and i am uh, hoping that myself and some of the other people who have had deep philosophical disagreements especially with the mac version um will uh cause some course correction oh, before the, the release version is bad yeah it's very bad yeah austin sent me a video of uh switching around between tabs and the forward and back button uh because it's not constant it doesn't stay on the screen unless you can go forwards so it'll just disappear but then everything shifts because of that and the color changes because it's trying to match the page color so the color and tint of all of the accents and the buttons and everything shifts around as you're uh, uh clicking back and forth and i was just i wanted to vomit um it was it's just so painful to look at that yeah and we should be clear these are all still beta features 
regardless of the fact that they're very proud about them and mm-hmm. you know showed them off during the the keynote i uh think that there will be some fixes issued how much gets changed versus not is kind of where we're advocating for fixing what's going on with mac os on safari or mac os safari because yeah it's i i have um uh you know version of the new version of mac os installed and i can switch to it but I haven't really used it very much versus the other betas because it's not fun at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Safari is just very strange. Uh, that new setup, I, I just, yeah, I have trouble with that weird bar at the top. It's just very strange. Um, live text is, it's one of those things that becomes ambient really quickly and you just kind of appreciate that it exists. Um, and so it's faded to the background, but when... A situation comes up where I do need it. It's very helpful, and I like it that way. Uh, and then in photos, the new memories features are actually really fun. Uh, mm. I've played with those a few times, so it's just uh, for folks who have yet to hear about it. They've added it's a new look, of course, but it also has these really interesting music um, options where it tries to kind of beat match with the music and the transitions, and new options for. Um, filters and stuff like that and i'm always looking for new things to do with my photos uh, to make them more than just these static images and uh the memories option is has uh significantly improved and all that said like the memories option that exists right now has also been a great thing where uh when my mom visited um a while back now uh creating a memory in photos of that and sending it to her it was a you know really touching thing so um any improvements there just to add new options has been a lot of fun i hate the memories feature oh okay yeah there's a contrast here um because the memories feature for some reason has decided that the new orleans december 2018 trip is something that I need to be reminded of on a frequent basis, and it needs to create a new memory for on a frequent basis. I have 14 entries that are identical for New Orleans December 2018 trip. I have six other entries that are nearly identical, but not exactly the same. I have what? two other variants that are not the same as any of the other, either the 14 or the six. And uh, it, it just all exists there, and it just makes them all the time. So when I was in... Hawaii, as a matter of fact, and I'm sitting there uh, at the at the pool, enjoying enjoying my time. I get this notification, and it says, "You have a new memory," um, and it's December, New Orleans, December 2018 trip, which I uh, I've had it before. It really just agitates me, and it's not the only thing that I have duplicated, but it is the only one that I have duplicated to that degree, um, and I it's the only one that I get that often. Um, I don't understand what it is that selects that. I also hate the features that provide the sharing suggestions, which you were just talking about appreciating, is because Jason will ask me to take a photo of him, you know, specifically like eight photos where he's like slightly, you know, posing differently in front of Diamond Head or whatever. And so mm-hmm, I'm taking mm-hmm. photo, 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 whatever, I'm done. And I select all the photos and I airdrop them to him. But because I airdropped them to Jason and did not send them to him via iMessage, I get a notification for a share suggestion to uh, send Jason those photos. Uh, it doesn't know that I sent Jason those photos because they didn't go via iMessage. 
And so it is a useless feature to me because that is the only person that I'm sharing these with. Uh, Right. Because it's not routed through that. I don't understand the process that it goes through. That's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it should should just be like, hey, this is because it shows you jason uh with the little airdrop thing and so it's like yeah okay so it has some sort of knowledge about his apple id in order to display that profile image because otherwise it wouldn't exist um and it i'm sending them to him via that so why doesn't it register that as being the same thing as if i had sent them to him via iMessage um with the same apple id i don't i don't I don't know. It's, it seems to be a the strange loophole in the process. But the, those are the my main pet peeves with the photos process. Also, the effects suggestions, it, it, it is 100% all the time the same effects suggestion. Um, and I don't know if it's different for you in the beta, but if you scroll down to effects suggestion, every single one of them is going to be a portrait mode photo, and it's going to say brighten this portrait photo with studio lighting under every single one of them. And that is not... A useful thing it's like having an entire uh third of the screen as you're scrolling down dedicated to specifically doing one task uh to a series of photos that it thinks that you could brighten up um so i i don't i don't know the prioritization of that and i don't know if it's any different in the beta or if that is exactly the same too but it's been the, it's been that way for the last two or three versions of ios do you have live photos turned off oh of course then that's part of the reason why it doesn't offer you any more suggestions because mine are, uh, it goes, it alternates. Brighten this portrait photo with studio lighting, make this live photo a loop. Brighten this portrait with studio lighting, make this live photo a loop. (laughs) Brighten this photo with studio lighting, make this live photo a loop. (laughs) Have you ever considered making a live photo a loop? (laughs) Have you ever considered brightening a photo with studio lighting? (laughs) No, I haven't. But, but so I take it that that's going to all be the same in the, in the new version. Yep. You'll still get that because uh, you don't without any other option there. That's the only one you're going to get. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> but, you know, that's you can't all be winners. Uh, we don't always get what we want. You don't always get what you want. It's true. Mm-hmm. But if you try sometimes, mm-hmm. you may just find... <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I'm sure you'll find you'll get what you need. <laughs> and what I need is uh, to anything else here. Um, no, I think, I think that yeah, that's a good place to close it out on uh, is, is memories and suggestions because uh, they're unhelpful, uh, unhelpful suggestions, <laughs> one might say. I dig it. I dig mm-hmm. it. Yeah. All right. Any more unhelpful suggestions for my photos there, iOS? Because <laughs> I don't want to hear about them. Uh, well, I would love to hear suggestions from you, Micah, anytime. Well, maybe you can brighten your day <laughs> with the portrait lighting, uh, with studio lighting, rather. No, my day is too bright. That's why it's hot. Uh, but, but thank you. Yes, and thank you. <laughs>